Ladies and gentlemen, this is Russell Wortham coming to you live from beautiful Tucson, Arizona. Stones throw away from the University of Arizona and in the shadow of the Grand Canyon folks. Uh, we are back in back middle of greatness. This is the Russell Wortham Show. Uh, been a while since I've uh, been uh, been here. But uh, we're going to get back into this on a weekly basis. So, um, we're going to start off with news and then, of course, WWE. And then we're going to finish up with sports. Alright, so, let's start off with the news portion of uh, the event. And, you know, this is kind of like the Harry Potter books. Uh, quite literally on my notes, I've got Trump in the wall, Trump in the war hero, Trump and the report. And so we're going to talk about those in great detail. Okay, so when it comes to Trump and the wall, of course... Earlier this year, he, meaning Donald Trump, said, you know what, I'm declaring a national emergency because I got over a billion dollars in funding for a border wall, but he wanted more. And so what did he do? He went out and he had this fake national emergency (laughs) He goes out, says, yeah, drugs are pouring in, and thousands and thousands of people are just pouring across the borders, and uh, uh, human trafficking, and all this other stuff. Let me, let me put this in perspective for you guys. As the introduction said... I'm in Tucson, Arizona. This is a border city. Okay? I am very close to Nogales, which is split. There's the American side of Nogales, and then there's the Mexican side of Nogales. I've been across the border. So I could say, hey, I've been to Mexico. Here's the problem that I'm seeing with this. That Donald Trump goes out and he says, thousands of people are pouring in. Look, I'm not a Border Patrol agent, so I don't really know for 100% sure. But, again, I live in Tucson. I don't see people just coming in in mass waves like he claims. I just don't. I don't see the drugs. I don't see uh, the thousands of people that are, quote-unquote, his words, not mine, invading. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, either A, I'm wrong because I'm not on the front lines and so I don't really see at the actual border what's going on or be and more more likely Donald Trump is wrong 
and he's just othering people left and right. He doesn't care about these people. If he cared about these people, if he truly cared about a humanitarian crisis, he wouldn't have separated families. He wouldn't have tried to say that they're all criminals and the like. He wouldn't have done that. But he is racist. I don't care how many of these Trumpophiles, and that's not really a proper term, I suppose, but these Trumpophiles keep saying, oh, he's not racist. Uh, you know, you, you go back to the Michael Cohen hearing, and I thought it was just disgusting, absolutely disgusting that the Republicans would bring uh, a woman who apparently works at the White House. I don't know what her job is. Uh, she's just basically a staffer, so I, I, don't, I don't know what her day-to-day job is. But saying, well, look at this woman. She's, she's black. She works at the White House, and she's told me repeatedly, hey, I will not work for a racist because my dad grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. That was embarrassing for her, and it set race relations back a long ways, in my opinion. It was disgusting. It was just... It, it was it was demoralizing for this woman, who unfortunately is going to be lost to the annals of history. So instead of the president stating facts, he's playing off of your fears. He's playing off of this. Well, yeah, we're the majority in terms of race, but, you know, gosh darn it, maybe we're not going to be the majority forever. I mean, do you hear how insane that is? Look, whether or not people want to admit this, we are all immigrants, every one of us. I came from primarily the UK. Okay, I'm a product of people that came from England, Scotland, Wales. My dad, on his side, you know, uh, came primarily from Germany. So, I'm pretty much a product of Western European people. As as is most people, I would assume. But there are more people. There are 7 billion people on this planet. Okay? And my assertion is, we all came from somewhere. So for Donald Trump to lay this false narrative of, 
Oh, they're invading us. I'll get to other people that have used that term of invaders later. But let me be very, very clear as I transition to uh the uh the uh the next section of the uh podcast the next topic and that is that Donald Trump preys on fear he doesn't believe in humanity he doesn't believe in diversity he just preys on fear and why some of you, I'm not trying to uh, broad stroke everybody and, and whatever, but some of you, why you've bought into the hate and the anger is just beyond me. We're all humans, every one of us. We have differences, sure. But we're all humans. Look, I'm. For those of you who don't know, I'm in a wheelchair. I'm a paraplegic, right? And so I'm literally in my living room right now, talking into a phone, <laughs> doing a podcast, sitting in a wheelchair. And, you know, people. Some people, some people, uh, when they when they see me, they think that I'm either slow or that I'm deaf. And so they come right up to me and they're like almost yelling at me. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, I can understand what you're saying. And I, I could hear you, <laughs> but... I mean, my gosh, that's where we're at right now, people, is that Donald Trump wants a wall not to protect us, not to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about, you know, our national security, not because of any altruistic view of, hey, we've got to stop drugs and and crime. No, he's putting up a wall because he is racist. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. Some some people who do podcasts, they kind of skirt around things or they 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 try to be, you know, politically correct like, "Oh, I got to try to get the most listeners out there." No, I'm just going to tell you what I feel. Donald Trump is a racist. He just is. So you can say, oh, he's trying to protect us. No, he's not. Clearly, he's not. He's trying to keep people out. And he can spin it like national security all he wants. But the fact that he's putting a wall... On our southern border, right where I am, 
that 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 tells you that he doesn't want people of color in this country. If you look at the White House staff photograph, there are very, very, very few minorities. I saw maybe a couple of Asian Americans. I saw maybe one or two African Americans. Rest of them were white. What does that tell you guys? Donald Trump doesn't believe in humanity. He just doesn't. I mean, you go back to the 1970s and... Oh, oh, I'll move on after this. But you go back to the 1970s. And Donald Trump got in trouble from the city of New York for unfair housing practices against, guess who, African Americans. So let's stop with this narrative of he loves everybody and he's, you know, he's not a racist. He is. It's very clear that he's a racist. I believe in facts. And what I've seen over the last at least few years that he's been on the national scene, either running as a candidate or now as the president of the United States, Donald Trump hasn't shown to me one second of empathy or sympathy. Not one second. But anyway... I will be back uh, for you. It'll be uh, just instantaneous for me. It'll be uh, a couple minutes, but I will be back and I'll be talking about Trump and the war hero. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And uh, now we are talking about... Trump and the war hero. Of course, we're talking about John McCain. John McCain is a giant when it comes to Arizona. His fierce uh, maverick personality, his fierce uh, belief in freedom. And uh, John McCain unfortunately passed away from uh, his uh, long out with brain cancer uh, this past year. And ever since then, Donald Trump has done everything possible to disparage and to destroy the memory of John McCain. Uh, Yesterday was a perfect example of this. Uh, He was, Donald Trump was in Lima, Ohio, and he uh, said, hey, I was not a fan of John McCain, uh, and I never will be. He also said that John McCain got the funeral that he was looking for, and nobody thanked him for it. And to top it all off, the Veterans Bill the Veterans Benefits Bill 
that John McCain pushed clear back 2014 was basically being taken credit uh, by Donald Trump. When it very clearly had John McCain's name on the bill. I mean, folks, that's the type of man that we're dealing with. He doesn't believe that the military should be independent. Donald Trump doesn't want the military to be independent. He wants the military to be beholden to him. Not the Constitution. Not the country. Nope, he wants his own personal army. He wants his own personal military. Well, let me help you out there, Don. That's not how this works, okay? I know you skipped through school. I know you probably slept through civics and history and all that, but let me help you out. You are the commander-in-chief, but that doesn't mean that they're your personal army. They're not. They're not your personal military. They're there. The military is there for our defense and to help promote freedom and peace around the world. And yet, Don, you think that they just snap of a finger, okay, you got to do what, what, I, what I tell you. That doesn't work like that. So, Don, I want to say this very slowly, very deliberately. You are a coward. John McCain spent five long years in prison in a Vietnamese prison. Literally hung there by his thumbs. I mean, he couldn't fully extend his arms because of the treatment that he endured for five years. There were some real long-lasting neurological and physical uh impairments put onto John McCain because of his service. And when he had the opportunity to be released because of his name, because of people being connected to him, he said, no. Other people are more deserving than I am. Other people should go home before I do. He was selfless. You, Don, are selfish. You're a coward, Don, because you draft or you uh, dodged the draft. Not once, but what was it, five times? You had five deferrals. And one of them was for bone spurs that you can't even prove that you had. So don't give me this cute response of, oh, I I never liked John McCain. Look, 
I didn't always agree with John McCain either, politically. But I respect him. I respect his service. I thank him for his service. I thank him for his service to the military, to uh, to uh, humanity, to the state of Arizona. And if I ever get the chance to go to Annapolis to see where he's buried, I will be the first to salute him. My dad, former military. My father-in-law, former military. I have respect for the military. You don't, Don. You're a coward. You dodged the draft five times. Don't give me this. I respect the military. They're on my side. I love veterans. You don't know what it is to serve. You really don't. You're self-serving. But you have not served a person a day in your life. You're 70-something years old and you haven't spent one second of your life in service to another person. That's just how I feel. So, don't give me this, oh, we're fine, we're fine. No, Don, we're not fine. John McCain is a war hero. By any metric you want to show. And how dare Republicans, most Republicans, not even stand up for their colleague. Not even stand up to the president and say, No, Mr. President, you're wrong on this issue. And this is why you're wrong. They're gutless. Chief amongst most is one Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. Here's a man who supposedly, allegedly, was a decades-long friend of John McCain. He's said, Lindsey Graham has said on several occasions, you know, I love John McCain, I have tears in my eyes, blah, blah, blah. This week proved he is a liar. He lied about his friendship towards John McCain. I I called him out on Twitter. I said, are you sure? Are you really sure that you were friends with John McCain? Because it doesn't seem like you are. A friend, and I know this. I know this. A friend doesn't abandon a friend. A friend doesn't tell Another friend. Yeah, yeah, we're friends, but yeah, I'm more loyal to this other person. No. A true friend believes in friendship. Real, honest to goodness, friendship. They just do. So, 
Lindsey Graham can say that he was a friend to John McCain all he wants. But his actions this week, essentially not really standing up to the president, not really defending John McCain, tells me that he lied. And to the good people of South Carolina, I know that Lindsey Graham is up for re-election next year. I know this is a tall order. But this man, whom you have had as a senator for years and years and years and years and more years, is unhinged. He's a liar. He's deceitful. And he is not a friend to the military. And he is not a friend to John McCain. If he truly was a friend of John McCain's, he would have stood up for him at every angle and said, No, Mr. President, you are dead wrong. He is a war hero. He is a veteran. He is an American patriot. He's a good and honorable man. And you never spent one second in the military. Lindsey Graham didn't do that. And that's shameful. So when you go to the voting booths next year, I want you to remember, people of South Carolina, I want you to remember about John McCain. But I also want you to remember that it was Lindsey Graham who disparaged a woman, saying that she was the victim of an attempted sexual assault. He's no friend towards women. I want you to remember the disparaging comments that he made. Pretty much giving Donald Trump the blank check of all blank checks. Saying, well, John McCain's service stands on its own. What? What? No, no, Mr. President, you're wrong. My friend is a hero. He is a patriot. He is a good and honorable man. No, none of that. I hope you remember. Okay, tuck this away. I hope you remember that Lindsey Graham, when all was said and done, couldn't and wouldn't stand up for an apparent friend. Against an attack that most, if not all, people think was just vile and disgusting. That's the type of person that you have in Congress, South Carolina. person who doesn't believe that women have rights. Doesn't really believe in friendship and camaraderie who backs a liar and a manipulator 
That's who Lindsey Graham is. And hey, I know this is a shot in the dark, but hey, Lindsey, you want to come on my program? You want, you want to refute anything that I've told? Anything I've said about you, your record, your character, any of that? Come on down. I, I, I will give you my email address. I will give you my phone number. I will do whatever I have to to secure this interview with you. Just saying. All right. Uh, I'll be back here uh, in a a moment. And uh, we'll talk about uh, Trump and the uh, Mueller report. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about uh, Brexit and about New Zealand. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And uh, so... This next uh, segment, it's going to be a bit conflated. We're going to go through this uh, rather quickly. Uh, So we got uh, Trump and the Mueller report, Brexit, and New Zealand. All right, so uh, with the Mueller report, maybe here in the next little while, Donald Trump yesterday said, yeah, I want to see the report. Yeah, release it. Okay, well, are you doing that because you honestly want us to understand what, if anything, happened in the 2016 election? Or are you pretty much like, nah, I don't want anybody to know what really happened. But, you know, I'm going to try to make Robert Mueller and the people that have been investigating me look really stupid. I, I I don't know. But we'll 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 see what happens. Um jumping across the pond, uh Brexit <clears throat> is a mess over in the UK. Uh if you haven't been paying attention, uh late last year the United Kingdom voted to leave the European uh Union. Um, and they set a deadline of March 29th for that, you know, that, uh, that leave. So fast forward to recently, Theresa May has tried twice now to get the deal that she has negotiated with the European Union through Parliament. And twice, she's had that deal rejected. Uh, The first time that that happened, it was by the largest margin for any prime minister on any issue ever in their history. I mean, that was insane. She brought the same proposal back. And voted on it again. <clears throat> and she got a few more votes. I think she got like 50 more uh, votes for it. But it was still like a 150 vote margin against. So, Theresa May said, 
um, okay, well, I'll just bring this a third time. Well, the Speaker of the House of Commons, uh, who is basically the impartial referee uh, of sorts, said, mm, no, no, you can't bring the same piece of legislation before us three times in a row. Just that's parliamentarily speaking, it's not supposed to happen like that. I was, you know, I I wasn't sure about a second time, but you changed things enough that I allowed you to bring it a second time. If you bring us the same deal a third time, it's not going to happen. So, Theresa May is over in uh, Brussels, Belgium right now, trying to get an extension. And uh, the um, prevailing idea is that they're going to have, uh, that that they will give Great Britain an extension, but only until the end of May. And if Parliament... um, actually passes the deal this next week. I'm thinking to myself, well, if it's the same deal, same wording, same everything, they can't even vote. I mean, it's not even going to be on the floor of Parliament. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, So that's Brexit. Uh, finally, uh, to wrap up the uh, news portion, you got uh, the uh, New Zealand um, Prime Minister saying that uh, all assault rifles, semi-automatics, automatics, military-style uh, weapons, high-caliber ammunition, all is just going to get banned. And it's it's not even a debate. It's like a yes. It's cross-board. They are banning these. And I'm thinking, that only took six days to to get through their, their parliament. Whereas we're trying to wonder if we can even get any type of meaningful legislation through Congress. Um, We haven't had a meaningful bill in terms of gun legislation and all that since the Brady Bill. And that was a long time ago. So let's just be honest here. We've got a person that killed 50 human beings in an act of hate and intolerance and he said just like Donald Trump said these are invaders so for Donald Trump to say oh you know I shouldn't be blamed for this you need to take some of the blame (laughs) but anyway um, so I'm glad that New Zealand did what they did. I really wish that we could take up meaningful gun 
control legislation uh, here in this country. I'm not for taking away all guns. I'm way or I'm I'm for taking away rifles. Okay, assault rifles. That's what I want taken away. You don't need a semi-automatic military grade weapon. I mean, they're cool, but you don't need them. If you if you if you if you need a hunting rifle, if you need just like a handgun to protect yourself, that's fine. I'm fine with that. But you don't need a military grade weapon. You just don't. Anyway, that is the uh, news portion. Uh, We will come back very quickly, go through WWE and sports. I will be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WWE portion of the show. Uh, So we're going to uh, talk very quickly about uh, a few things. Uh, One is Kofi and the question of race. We're going to talk about so many people and yet so few matches with WrestleMania. And we're going to talk about the possibility of an eight-hour WrestleMania. I'm talking main card here, okay? We're not talking pre-show. So we'll talk about that. So... Uh, first of all, with Kofi Kingston and race. Now, Kofi Kingston is one of the most exciting wrestlers uh, out there. He has dazzled people with his uh, aerial um, display for 11 years. He's won championships. He's won the tag team championships. He's won the Intercontinental Championship. He knows that he has a chance at uh, the WWE Championship currently held by Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Here's the problem. Kofi Kingston has had several chances last several weeks to get into this match with Bryan at WrestleMania. And... Kofi Kingston lost a gauntlet match a while back. He went to the Elimination Chamber to see if he could win the WWE Championship. He came within an eyelash of beating Bryan for the title, but ultimately failed in that attempt. Then... Kofi Kingston goes to Fastlane, uh, WWE's last event, and he was there, and he, uh, it was this idea of like, oh, yep, you're you're going to be in the match. Oh, you meant the WWE match with Brian and with Kevin Owens. No, no, sorry. You're going to be in... A two-on-one handicap match with Sheamus and Cesaro the Bar. Well, 
Kofi lost that match. So then Vince said, Vince McMahon said, all right, yeah, we'll give you one more chance at SmackDown this past uh, Tuesday. This this week on, on Tuesday, he said, fine, if you can get past these five wrestlers, I will allow you to get into the main event or into uh, a match uh, with with Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Well, Kofi ran through the gauntlet, defeated all five people, but then here comes Vince McMahon coming right out and saying, <laughs> oh, silly, uh, did I... Did I say five? No, I meant six. So, Brian comes out as the sixth person, beats Kofi, and so Kofi will not get an opportunity, at least for now, at WrestleMania. Now, some people want to draw a parallel between what happened with Daniel Bryan five years ago and Kofi Kingston five years later. There is no comparison. There is just no comparison at all. Okay, because Brian had a months-long feud with upper management. Okay. Whereas Kofi Kingston, I mean, we're talking maybe the last, what, six weeks? So, it's not a real one-to-one comparison. It's, It's just not. You know, um, it's not a real one-to-one comparison. Um, but also, this this goes to the idea of race. Uh, look, very quickly, I can name on one hand how many people, African Americans, that have held either the World Heavyweight Championship or the WWE Championship in my lifetime. Okay, go. Ron Simmons. The Rock. Mark Henry. That's it. <laughs> Three. That's it. Now, have other African Americans held other titles? Sure. But the top title? The top championship? No. It's only a handful of people. So, I'm not trying to say that Vince McMahon is a racist, but when you keep company with Donald Trump, yeah, you got to start wondering about some things. Um, Next up is uh, WrestleMania. And uh, you've got um, you've got uh, so many people and so very few um, you know people uh, that are um, are actually you know there uh, uh, you know um, so right now. You've got 
10 matches. You got Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. You've got Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. You got Buddy Murphy versus uh, versus Tony Nese. You've got Triple H versus Batista. Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. Shane McMahon versus The Miz. AJ Styles versus uh, Randy Orton. Under the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio and Asuka. Um, so that's 10 matches. Now, you know, people are talking about, well, what about the Intercontinental Championship? Well, what about uh, the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles? What about the women's tag team championships? Which, by the way, are gorgeous. Uh, well, that brings me to my last bit, which is that you're dealing potentially with an eight-hour WrestleMania card. I mean, <laughs> if you watched the Royal Rumble, you know what I'm talking about. Seven hours. I mean, seven hours. I was just a slosh to get through. And now you're wanting people to watch for eight hours? Um, n- no. No. <laughs> uh, it's, mm, no. So, to me, I think quality over quantity in this case. Okay? I always, you know, when, when I was growing up, I thought, man, I, you know, I wish that there was more than and just a couple of hours and maybe a few hours of a pay-per-view and, and whatever. Uh, last year's WrestleMania was ridiculous. It was like five hours. It was just, it was, it was insane. It was just like this, uh, okay, we get it. Oh my gosh, we get it. Oh my gosh, we get it. But, I mean, this year's WrestleMania? I mean, we're talking... 10 matches right now, and it could go up to as much as I've heard 18 matches. I mean, good lord, that's just that's too much. <laughs> so, we'll see what happens. Uh, next week, I will be back with the WrestleMania preview, but that is that. All right, um. So, um, just going to briefly talk about sports. Um, uh, so, Mike Trout now is the richest player in any sport ever. He signed like a 400 some odd million dollar contract with the Angels to stay with the Angels. Uh, I mean, that's just, that's just crazy. Um, LeBron James has missed the playoffs uh, for the first time, uh, I, I, if not ever, uh, certainly in, 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 in a long, long, long time. And there's been, you know, finger pointing and all that. So there's that. Uh, and, of course, today is the first day of March Madness. Uh, I will uh, try my best to get through all the madness to talk about that next week. 
So, that is the uh, show for this week. Thank you so very much for everybody who uh, listens to this program. Uh, If you like what you hear, please tell your friends, your family, your neighbors, everybody. And let's keep this thing going. I will be back next week. Uh, So until next week, this is Russell Wortham coming to you live from beautiful Tucson, Arizona. And as always, just like the Beatles saying all those many, many years ago, love is all you need. I will see you guys next week.